Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Dom Tolley of the American Red Cross about the importance of having workers trained in basic life-saving techniques. And now, on to the interview. Welcome, Dom. Thank you, Jay. Good to meet you. Good to talk to you. Um, and before we kind of launch into uh, our discussion, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do for the American Red Cross. Uh, sure. Uh, Dom Tolley, um, uh, Senior Vice President of you know, Product Management and Platform Development. Basically, what my team is responsible for is we create all the training courses that the Training Services Division launches. Our job is to keep the current courses updated with the latest medical science and the latest educational approach uh, for that. Also, to create you know, entry into new markets as, as we see opportunity there for both ourselves and our students. And then my team also serves as kind of the front, the business door into the IT team in order to uh, develop necessary platform requirements needed to host and deliver those courses that we develop. Excellent. Well, I wanted to talk to you today about the importance of CPR training and life-saving technique training uh, in workplaces. And, and really, it kind of came to mind as I was watching Monday Night Football uh, a couple weeks ago uh, when DeMar Hamlin of the Bills um, suffered a, a cardiac arrest on the field and, you know, basically they saved his life, you know, through CPR and then in a, and then a, a defibrillator and then got him to the hospital and he's thankfully, you know, doing pretty well. He's out of the hospital now, but, um, you know, not in a sports context, but in just sort of a, a workplace context, you know, how important is it to, to have somebody in every workplace workplace that can, you know, at the very least perform CPR. So I, I think the events of the, of the last couple of weeks, right, really shows what happens in any emergency, right? If, if you look at the highlights of what happens during any emergency that, that you can have a successful response to, um, one is that responders are prepared, right? That they're, they're trained, they're certified, they have an emergency action plan, they know what to do, they've practiced, and they're ready that in case, God forbid, an accident or emergency does happen, they know what to do, and they've practiced it. So one, your responders being trained and prepared uh, for any emergency is critical. Um, the next thing you notice is, right, that timing is critical, right? I mean, particularly when it comes to cardiac arrest or severe bleeding or other types of events, you know, timing is critical that you respond properly because every minute matters in that case. So it's real important that your responders get trained, they know what to do, they're not making it up, they're not questioning what's an AED, right? They're doing that. The time is critical to address the emergency and, and do the proper first aid responses. And the other big, you know, the other element is that, you know, that teams matter, right? A, a team of people being able to address an emergency tends to do better than any one single responder can do. And a team of people coming together in order to address an emergency, all being trained appropriately, all being able to know what to do, and then knowing how to work as a team, in any emergency, that's gonna help lead to success in responding to that emergency. And when you're working with businesses, uh, do you encourage, I, I imagine you encourage, you know, more than one person to be, like you said, like to, to sort of be a team as opposed to having one person who knows everything about uh, life-saving techniques and then, you know, God forbid that person's out of the office or on vacation or something, and then you don't have anybody who knows anything. Great point. Um, we recommend for the, you know, the, for the businesses that train 
that a minimum of about 10% of the workplaces be trained in emergency response, whether that be first aid or other emergency response, that a minimum. And that's your point, and that's on-site active when the site is open, right? Um, and that can go anywhere from 10% to 30% to even more mm -hmm. in some workplaces that they can do it. Because to your point, you don't want somebody out of the office if God forbid something does happen um, and that they're able to respond. And, and it's also important that not only did you have that 10% of people, you know, certified and trained and, and, and have gotten the deep level of training, but we also highly, highly recommend that you train the other 90% mm -hmm. to at least have a cognitive knowledge of, right, of what needs to happen in an emergency such that they can help, right, should an emergency happen. Again, right, teams matter. If you're in a business and, God forbid, something happens, to have people around you as, as the one of the 10% that's certified that can help you administer the proper techniques in, in, the, uh, in the emergency, right? In our first aid training, we have a, we, we tell people, you know, check call care, right? Check the scene for safety, call for help, and then care for the individual. Um, others can help the, um, the certified responder do those type of things, right? They can help check and make sure the scene is safe. They can make the call to 911 while the responder is actually administering first aid. Uh, for that. So people being cognitively trained and being able to support the first responder really helps that team aspect of it. And that when someone says, you know, go grab me an AED, they know where it is, they know where to get it. They may not have been trained on it, but they can give it to the trained personnel and just help and just help ensure that first aid is done um, as quickly and effectively as possible. Uh, and how important is it to stay current with your, your uh, CPR training, your first aid training? Because I mean, I imagine like there are a fair amount of people who have had it at some point. Like I, I had training when I worked at the YMCA, you know, 25 years ago. But I haven't. Uh, I think I probably did it once at work, but it's been a long time. So I mean, it, it behooves me to to get re retrained. I, I imagine, right? Yeah, I mean, we say at a minimum, people should be trained at least once every two years, uh, both in the cognitive ability. Uh, such that they, they, they cognitively know how they're trying to respond. And in addition to actually, you know, passing the skill portion of any training, right, that they know how to do effective CPR, they know how to give breaths, they know how to administer an AED. Um, it's real important, right, because as science changes, it's important that you have the latest technology and the latest techniques that can only help in, um, in saving a life uh, for that. So it's real important, particularly that the the trained first responders, we say stay current, right? And that they've had their training at a minimum of once every two years. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, having practice drills in between. There's nothing wrong with, you know, taking a skill boost, we call it in the off years, mm -hmm. right? So you can take your basic level, you know, first aid, CPR, AED training. And then in the off years, you can train in severe bleed or you can train in opioid administration. You can do other things such that you can help keep your workplace safe. And that, that's a good point too. That it's not just CPR. There's a lot of things you can be trained in, um, like you mentioned the opioid situation. You know, I mean, that's you know, it's not just uh, something that happens, uh, you know, in in sketchy uh, alleyways. I mean, it happens everywhere all the time, where somebody you know that you may have no idea is, you know. Uh, using using opioids, they might have a you know an overdose right next to you in the office. So th then, what do you do? Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, and as you spoke earlier, right, time is of the essence, right, and that there are certain 
critical events that if they happen and if response is not done within minutes and done correctly, the person literally is going to die. Um, so, you know, we say minutes matter, um, and these are the times to be critical. So, you know, certainly being trained on what to do for cardiac arrest is important, um, but we also think it, it's critical that people know how to do life-threatening bleeding and potential tourniquet administration. I mean, God forbid something happens, you need to, you know, apply, uh, you know, apply and administer for, you know, severe bleeding, you need to do that. Uh, choking, another big, you know, that that's, uh, that's another big, uh, event that you need to be able to administer properly, right? Such that if someone's choking in your office or in your home, you need to be able to know how to do abdominal thrusts, hit him on the hit him or her on the back in order to dislodge it. Right? There's muscle, bone, and joint injuries that need to be addressed immediately. There's opioid overdoses. If you don't address in real time, you can be in a lot of trouble. Right? There's anaphylaxis and epinephrine administration. Um, there's asthma and quick relief medications. All of these are examples of events that happen that you need to have immediate proper response um, beyond just the cardiac arrest, beyond just cardiac arrest. So there, there's multiple emergencies where time is of the essence and trained responders and other people should be trained on what to do. How would you assess the general level of preparedness and life-saving techniques in workplaces? Is it better than it used to be, uh, you know, maybe 20 years ago? Uh, I would imagine it is, but you know, how, how would you sort of, would you, uh, I guess satisfied isn't the word, but, you know, you know, what do you think of sort of the level of preparedness in general? You know, that, that's an interesting question, particularly as you look at it through a lens of maybe a decade or two decades um, for it. So, you know, traditionally it's been what's the work what's the workplace requirement, right? For more than a couple minutes away from EMS, you need somebody prepared. They got it. Um, and we're starting to see more and more as people become aware of, of events and emergencies they need to respond to, that employees are requesting some of this training as an employee perk, right? So, you know, will this, you know, will my company train me in first aid you know, CPR and other techniques to be able to address emergencies? So I'm actually starting to see more and more of that in that companies are requesting it beyond just the required trained responders they're looking for, uh, for that. So. I'm hoping the future is bright and that, right, that our kids are always smarter than we are and that they know that, you know, it's a life skill, right? I mean, I've been in the business, you know, it, it's strange. Oh, yeah, I never knew CPR growing up and I can tell all my kids do, um, right? So it's, you know, so hopefully it, there'll be an upswing in it. Um, you know, obviously we see high levels in, of, of, uh, of adherence to, you know, training in healthcare and education at all levels. Obviously jobs where there's potential for danger, it's like yeah. construction manufacturing utilities, they've always been very high on those type of trainings. You know, obviously municipal pools that have lifeguards, they're always well trained to do those type of things. So I imagine um, like in the corporate setting where, you know, it's not immediately uh, thought of as a dangerous profession, that's probably where, you know, you, you want to really make sure that you've got people who know what they're doing just because anything could happen uh, and, you know, you don't want to be caught unprepared. Yeah, industries where there's a lot of danger, again, we, we tend to see great adherence to safety um, in those markets. And what we're starting to see is more and more people outside of those industries being much more interested um, in having some basic first aid knowledge and how to do and how to administer uh, first aid for various emergencies. So I'm hoping that's an upward trend uh, for that, right? Not everybody is trained at a first responder level where they pass the skill portions and they have all that deep knowledge 
but we're seeing more and more people tapping on to, well, at least let me learn cognitively what I need to do, right? You know, we still have, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads of our first aid mobile app every year, right? Which means people are taking that, and it's free, that first aid knowledge and putting it on their phone. Then in case, God forbid, something happens, they have a reference that they can go to. So all of that is, is um, I'm hoping is pointing to that, you know, that the public health, this knowledge gets out, you know, it starts in the workplace, but then let's face it, right? Those people in the workplace are the same people that are at the soccer fields, right. that are in the department stores, that are in the grocery stores, that if God forbid happens, they now know what to do. They know they now know how to help, right? So I think it's um, it could really help the public health moving forward. And I, I imagine that, you know, as horrifying as it was, the, the Hamlin incident, the silver lining of it is, uh, you know, you got to see what CPR training can do to, to save a life in an emergency situation and hopefully um, you know, the millions of people that were following that case, that incident, uh, you know, will think a little more about, hey, maybe I should, you know, get trained in that just so, you know, just in case something happens to somebody that I care about. Yeah, normally after events like that, we see, we see you know, we see a uh, an initial surge of people saying, you know, wanting to, you know, to be interested in how to, to respond to that, you know, and obviously our hope is that it continues. Right, is that people realize that it can only help you know with the public health, help with their family. That's not just the workplace that's driving people to become first aid trained, but it's that the fact that they care for their family, they care for their community, um, in addition to caring what goes on in the workplace. Um, another thing that uh, struck me from that incident was just you know the the importance of the AED and and. Uh, are, are you seeing more AEDs in, you know, workplaces and obviously like in, you know, I think places like, you know, uh, sporting, you know, arenas and things like that where something could happen, you need to shock somebody back to life. Are, are, are AEDs more prominent now than they used to be? Certainly the, the public's knowledge of AEDs is more prominent. I don't have exact, you know, stats on, mm -hmm. on the numbers and compared to the population. Um, and we certainly stress it in our education, right? Because the AD is kind of what really, in cardiac arrest, kind of resets the heart and gets it beating back to normal. So while, you know, the, the compressions and the hands only is a critical part, as are the breaths, the ability to put an AED on, on the person is a critical part of the uh, responder. So we are seeing more general awareness of it. I think um, we've seen some cities do a fantastic job of getting, you know, AEDs much more prominent in public places. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you are seeing people have more awareness of it for that. Um, getting back to businesses, what should businesses do to ensure that they're prepared to respond to employees in distress? You know, if you're obviously like there are folks who have taken your, you know, your courses and have trained employees, but you know, if you're sort of starting out and you don't have stuff in place, what do they need to do? Um, well, the first thing I would recommend is obviously is get trained. Right. So look at look at the types of um, injuries you can foresee your 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 particular location having um, and get trained on how to respond to those um, emergencies. So if you're in a corporate setting, um, probably the basic, you know, first aid CPR AED is probably sufficient. Um, if, if you have facilities that are now right that where they have either construction or manufacturing, or there's moving machinery, now you probably want that basic level of training and you want to have severe bleed, muscle skeletal um, for that, you know, um, 
if you're a college or a high school, you probably want to have you know those basics, and you may want to do an opioid, unfortunately, right? So it's that you're trained in a wide breadth of emergencies that you're going to face. Um, so certainly the first one is getting trained, understanding what you need to do. The second thing I really recommend is having an emergency action plan, right? So if something happens, what are you going to do, right? Do all the coaches know where the AED is on the field? Um, do all the teachers know where the AED is in the in the uh, in the in the school? Same thing in businesses, right? Are people aware of it such that if something were to happen, they know what to do? Um, they were able to take control of the situation versus let the situation take control of them. Um, and then practice and plan, right? You, you can never practice enough of these type of situations um, such that you respond properly. Because, you know, life changes, right? You, when you learn it in the classroom and you're practicing yeah. with an instructor, that's one level of stress. Now, when it actually happens in real life, that's a whole different level of stress. And what we found is people obviously tend to forget a lot, yeah. right? They, you know, so, so we've tried to, at least for the Red Cross, we tried to simplify our training on those key elements that you need to do to save the life, right? And, and to get, and, and to preserve the life until, you know, more, until EMT or other more professional training is available to come and relieve you. Um, so we've really focused on what are the key elements that people need to do as a first responder in order to sustain the life. Because again, when an emergency happens, we all know, you know, 80% of what you knew just flew out the door because right. you're under pressure and life right. changes. Um, so really trying to give those action steps, you know, just that people are responding properly and in a way that can actually help potentially save the life. What are some of the ways you've sort of simplified training? I know we actually talked about this last year, um, sort of a new approach that that the Red Cross has had towards this, but I was wondering if you could just sort of quickly kind of outline it. Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I still remember, oh God, 25 years ago when I, first, when I took my first aid class, and I just remember there being a tremendous amount of detail, a tremendous amount of steps on what to do um, if some, if certain events were to happen, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and me coming out of that training, I was like, oh my God, I hope nothing ever happens because it's going to be hard to remember all that. So as we've done our, so as we've updated our training throughout the years, you know, we've tried to list those key elements of what do you need to do if there's, you know, if someone suffers a cardiac arrest, such that what you need to do is right, you need to pump on the chest, try to get some breaths in and get an AED, right? And there's many, many, many other steps you could train somebody on. But if you train them on too much, they're, they're going to forget it um, for that. You know, same thing on choking, right? Abdominal thrust, back blows. You know, try to train them on the basics that these are the key elements you need to take in order to save a life. So we try to take our training and emphasize the most important elements you need to do as a lay responder, right? This is lay responder training to, to act appropriately when an emergency happens. Well, Tom, um, I want to thank you for uh, for jumping on today and uh, and going over this information. As always, it's uh, valuable and uh, appreciated. Thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate what you do. Thank you. All right. That wraps up episode 143 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen on demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and I hope you join me next time.